0: The B-Rad Podcast is brought to you by MoFo, male optimization formula with organs to boost testosterone. Brad's Macadamia Masterpiece, mind-blowing nut butter blend now available on Amazon. Bala Enzyme, electrolyte and triple enzyme recovery drink mix. Paleo Valley, nutrient-rich ancestral inspired health products. Buy optimizers, performance supplements like magnesium, probiotics, and more, and BRAD Whey Protein Superfuel coming soon. Stay tuned for details, and please visit bradkerns.com to check out my personal selection of favorite products for health, fitness, and peak performance with great discounts for listeners. And here we go with the show. And if you're an active athletic person, uh, some of those calories are going to go toward replenishing muscle glycogen because you work out hard every day and your muscles have a ravenous appetite for glucose. The hard work, the real stress hormone spike, only happens for a handful of minutes. That's why all of them put in this extensive amount of base training at a very comfortable heart rate. It's to enable them to perform uh, when it's time to do the Epic workout. Hey, listeners, I discovered an awesome new electrolyte and triple enzyme powdered drink that's going to knock your socks off. It's called Bala Enzyme and it comes in a convenient little pouch of bright orange powder that you pour into water for the ultimate electrolyte and antioxidant drink. It's simple, convenient, and yes, the orange tint comes from a potent serving of turmeric along with a clean and diverse assortment of enzymes and electrolytes and a perfect taste that's not fake or too sweet. Bala was created by husband and wife doctors to help their patients recover from inflammation, improve hydration, speed up recovery, even relieve joint pain improve digestion and boost immunity i love their incredible devotion to product quality there's a lot of research behind it and i just sprinkle this packet into ice water and it's so easy to stay hydrated because you absolutely enjoy the taste of the drink get their convenient little packets they even designed it with the uh, the tear half torn so it's easy to open into the water i love what they think of and it comes in three exciting flavors pineapple lime and berry It's so potent, it might stain your fingers if you get it on your fingers. And yes, that's a good thing for a serving of turmeric that's that potent. It's also sugar-free, zero carb, and promoting of the three R's, rehydrate. Relieve and revive. Please visit balaenzyme.com, B A L A E N Z Y M E. And of course, there's a special deal for B RAD podcast listeners 30% off your first order. Just use the code BRAD30 at balaenzyme.com. Hey, everyone, it's time for. Listener questions and comments show. I would call it a Q and A show, but uh, I also appreciate how some of these are questions and some of these are commentary on how people have improved their lives, uh, taken inspiration from others, guests, uh, show content. So it's really cool just to kind of uh, connect the community here and talk about all manner of topics. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to jump in and, and get into some of this. And we're starting with Scott Belanger. And he asks if I have ever done a bulking stage to gain some weight. Uh, Scott's in the middle of one. He's never done it before. He's working with a trainer to add some muscle uh, in his best interest for going for those longevity goals at the age of 59. Uh, I just want to walk around with a bit more beef on my structure, he says. Very interesting uh, insight there because we know so much about how uh, the preservation of lean muscle mass and actually explosive energy production is strongly correlated with longevity, avoiding the risks of falling and the associated demise that rates it as the number one cause of injury and demise in Americans over age 65. So the more muscle, has, muscle mass you have, the more protection you have against metabolic syndrome and the more protection you have against accidents, falling, uh, things like that. Uh, sarcopenia is the term For the decline in muscle mass associated with aging, and that is strongly correlated with uh, morbidity of all kinds, especially uh, the associated decline in organ function. So if you lose muscle mass, your organs also get weaker too because everything is correlated, right? When you're going for uh, an exercise session, you are asking your heart and lungs and liver and kidneys to perform to meet that exercise demand. So someone walking around with an appropriate level of functional muscle mass is going to have better better health markers across the board than someone who has excess body fat and insufficient muscle mass so it certainly is a great goal for anyone in the older age groups uh, possibly to add some functional muscle mass or at least preserve uh, an appropriate level, especially for Uh, Their fitness goals and everyday lifestyle behaviors. So, um, what Scott is doing is adding in some more carbohydrate intake in association with these uh, strength training sessions with the trainer. And I am, uh, so my answer is no, I've never done a bulking stage. I never had the cause to because my athletic goals have. Uh, universally been in the area of endurance for many, many years, and in recent times i 'm trying to be a sprinter and a jumper and adding uh, even if it 's lean body mass uh, doesn 't really correlate with performing better in the four hundred meters or the high jump. Now, getting stronger certainly does, and so there 's different ways to exercise uh, in the gym where you're going for hypertrophy, that's the term for adding a larger size muscles, putting on muscle weight, or uh, going for muscle strength. And hypertrophy is generally associated with these prolonged workouts where you're doing numerous sets of numerous exercises until failure and really uh, working hard to um, exhaust the muscle and then refuel, and especially the dietary pattern of just consuming more calories in general, especially more protein and even more carbohydrate, uh, and that will stimulate muscle growth. The muscles actually become larger. Now, getting stronger is associated with the uh, shorter sets with uh, heavier weights, and so you're challenging the existing amount of muscle fibers to uh, perform more work uh, when they're called upon, and that's why you see um, the incredible strength-to-weight ratios uh, in many athletic uh, areas, including gymnastics, including sprinting down the track, uh, high jump, things like that. So uh, the high jumper like Stefan Holm, the uh, shortest uh, Olympic gold medalist and holding the world record for uh the highest Height jumped over one's head. He's about two feet over his head with his PR back in 04 when he won the Olympic gold medal. So here's a guy 5'11 jumping seven feet 11 inches, one of the highest jumpers of all time. Uh, pretty impressive. Maybe they should have a different event, uh, for, for fairness to see who can jump the highest over one's head, but he has that distinction along with his Olympic gold medal. Uh, but here's a guy who doesn't weigh much, right? All the high jumpers are universally slender because the, uh, the goal of getting the body and the center of mass over the bar uh, requires that incredible strength to weight ratio where you have to generate a ton of force leaving the ground. Um, the sprinters like Usain Bolt will generate over 1,000 pounds uh, on a single foot strike on the ground. I would assume the high jumpers are up there in that phenomenal level of force, but they can't do it with giant ass muscles. So that's the goal of many sports. And so what I'm trying to do is optimize my strength to weight. To body weight ratio. Of course, the lower percentage of body fat, the better you're going to be there because the body fat, all it does is uh, serve as dead weight. It doesn't help you uh, perform pull-ups or sprint or jump. It actually hinders you. So the leanest possible and then whatever muscle mass you have is functional uh, in direct association with your athletic and or longevity goals. So uh, that's my personal answer is I'm n- not seeing that I'm going to need a bulking phase anytime soon, but someone who is just generally interested in longevity, not about to enter a pull-up contest or the CrossFit Games or a master's track meet in a specific event, um, it might be a great idea to try to add more muscle mass and in concert with that, uh, reduce excess body fat. Most people uh, would probably nod their head that they would love to have a little less body fat and more muscle mass. And guess how strongly correlated those two are? That's right. The more muscle ha- mass you have, I said briefly that you're protected against metabolic syndrome, and that's because the muscle is able to um, absorb some of the glucose from the diet rather than have it be converted into fat when you're an inactive person or you don't have a lot of muscle uh, to, to to utilize when you feed yourself. So you're having that slice of pie because who can resist uh, that that wonderful home-baked uh, treat? And if you're an active athletic person, uh, some of those calories are going to go toward replenishing muscle glycogen because you work out hard every day and your muscles have a ravenous appetite for glucose. Uh, if you're not working out, you don't have a lot of muscle mass, uh, the body's going to be overwhelmed by that dose of glucose, carbohydrate, and will be likely uh, producing a lot of insulin and uh, transporting those calories, converting them into fat for storage and so uh lane norton dr lane norton he's been around on the uh, the podcast scene uh pretty popular and um opinionated sort of controversial guy because he really uh, speaks his truth he's very well researched uh, but he draws that um, important distinctive point and i think it's uh, widely agreed if you can get a good workout program going, a good strength training and explosive exercise program going where you build lean muscle mass, it is going to do wonders for your metabolic profile. So yes, we have to do essential dietary changes, cut out the junk food and all that stuff, but independent of that and in great support of any dietary change is that adding muscle mass, you will automatically uh, be inclined to drop excess body fat and have these blood numbers looking better, especially as we've talked about on other shows, the all-important cardiac disease risk factor marker of your triglycerides to HDL ratio. Uh, It is known that exercise prompts an increase in HDL, widely recognized as the good cholesterol. It's nature's garbage trucks. They scavenge the bloodstream for dysfunctional molecules and remove them, repair them. So uh, the high HDL level is cardioprotective, helps your arteries stay smooth and supple. And uh, the reducing of the triglyceride number uh, below 100, as recommended by my recent podcast guest, Dr. Ron Sinha, that's different than the under 150, which is widely uh, distributed as the, uh, as a goal for uh, lipid health. You want to get those triglycerides under 100, and a great way to do that is to go out there and exercise and burn carbohydrates as well as fatty acids, uh, depending on the intensity level. Okay, so that is an answer for Scott. Good luck, add non, some muscle mass. Uh, but I should also issue a caveat because I see this um, this gym uh gaining a community where especially young folks looking to get big uh feel like that the way to get there is to slam down these cheap uh nutrient deficient processed calories so you get these weight gainer jugs or these protein powders that throw a lot of junk in there including uh shockingly refined industrial seed oils and the the athlete is encouraged to uh, consume these products before and after every single workout. And what happens to a lot of people is they add muscle and they add body fat and they just kind of overeat uh, in the name of uh, getting strong and lean and ripped. And the great leaders and uh, experimenters In this area have proven that you can get super lean and ripped and strong uh, without uh, ingesting a ton of nutrient deficient calories. Uh, Brian Liverking Johnson, a great example, check him out on Instagram. He just got on there uh, months ago and he's just become a sensation and this guy is the real deal. He works out as hard as any human on the planet. He has an extremely clean diet where he says uh, he earns his carbohydrates so it's a really uh, carnivore-ish meat-based diet. Of course, you'd expect nothing less from the guy who started ancestral supplements and the uh, desiccated animal organ meats that you can buy in a bottle if you're not inclined to cook all this stuff up frequently, including my mofo product. So please check that out at bradkearns.com. It's fantastic. But anyway, Liver King uh, is working out hard, eating extremely cleanly with the emphasis on these nutrient-dense animal foods. And then when he wants to consume extra carbs it's an association with these extremely difficult workouts and so there's not a lot of over consuming of junk calories and he's as ripped as anyone you'll see on the internet okay Hey, I want to tell you about Schwank Grills. This is a revolutionary portable gas infrared grill that uses the exact same heating technology as the world's best steakhouses. You heat up to 1500 degrees Fahrenheit to grill the juiciest steak you've ever tasted in as little as three minutes. Can you believe it? That's right. You do not have to go to those crowded, noisy, super overpriced steakhouses anymore when you have the same technology in your backyard. And the Schwank Portable Infrared Grill is not just for steak. You can make chicken wings, hamburgers, seafood, lobster, vegetables. I make salmon in three minutes. They even have a pizza stone accessory. I want you to visit their very informative and mouth-watering website at schwankgrills.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-N-K everything you cook faster juicier the speed is so important so convenient uh there's a drip tray on the bottom so you let the juices drip down i love the bison burger the venison burgers that's my game and then you can add a mixture of butter spices whatever you want into the tray pour it back onto your meat or your salmon for a huge improvement in flavor are you getting hungry? I am. (laughs) Let's go to schwankgrills.com, S-C-H-W-A-N-K grills.com and up your home cooking game. This is a one of a kind grill. I have a great discount code for you. Of course, it's Brad 150 to save $150 off your purchase of a schwank grill. Greetings, my fitness-minded listeners. I want to acquaint you with the Primal Fitness Expert Certification Program, the most comprehensive home study multimedia fitness education course in the world. If you want to enhance your personal knowledge of all aspects of leading a healthy, active, fit lifestyle, this total immersion course will be life-changing. I'm the lead instructor and author of the course, and we have 14 chapters of extensive written content with over 100 accompanying videos covering topics such as general everyday movement, including micro-workouts and dynamic workstation tips, the full experience of gym-based strength training and all the different modalities, a complete presentation, On all aspects of sprinting, both running and low impact options, an assortment of high intensity interval training and high intensity repeat training strategies, a detailed education on the principles and practical application of aerobic endurance training, and extensive commentary, the most you will find in any publication, on all aspects and symptoms of overtraining and burnout. We even have fascinating peripheral topics like integrating nasal diaphragmatic breathing, dynamic stretching, injury prevention, and developing a peak performance mindset. It's really something, this course. We went all out for over two years with a great team to develop this amazing home-based fitness education for you and you get one-on-one expert email support and private facebook group connection throughout your studies to ensure that you absorb everything optimally and you pass your series of exams and get certified so go to primal health Coach.com slash Brad to enjoy a very special limited time. And I'm not kidding, this is a big time discount just for you. Twenty five percent off your tuition. A fantastic premium offer at Primal Health Coach.com slash Brad for the most comprehensive fitness course you can ever find. Um, how about brad warden writing in he says hey i love this podcast i've lost over 40 pounds congratulations brad and increase my deadlift squat and bench back to where it was in my 20s doesn't say how old he is but he's turning back the clock that's fantastic i'm doing more pull-ups than i ever have before i feel great i'm doing two meals a day i'm doing a carnivore type strategy and anti-aging was his first interest the thing that really got him going on this journey Um, I'd love to hear more about people who are pursuing anti-aging and uh, striving for uh, rigorous athletic challenges. Um, this is a good opportunity to talk about how we've had some uh, misrepresentation and pushback in recent years about the quote-unquote dangers of consuming too much protein. And we've even uh, dropped a few lines in uh, our books, Mark Sisson and I, uh, just uh, aligning with the the research of the time and the, the expert voices. Uh, but it now seems like a lot of people are turning the corner and saying, hey, look, um, this stuff has been overblown or misrepresented. And so what we heard previously or have been hearing is that when you eat a bunch of protein, uh, perhaps over-consuming protein, you will uh, overactivate these growth factors in the bloodstream. Uh, one of them is called mTOR and one of them is called IGF-1. These are important agents that help muscles grow and repair but if you overstimulate them, if they're uh, being activated all the time, this leads to unregulated cell growth, which is the essence of the process of cancer. And so we don't want to have unregulated cell growth in the body, except at times when we're trying to have our cells divide uh, quickly and efficiently, and that is during infancy, childhood, adolescence, uh, pregnant uh, nursing mothers, or young dudes trying to put on weight to make the high school or college football team. So we have these narrow Narrow periods of life where unregulated cell growth is certainly desired, right? We want the kid to (laughs) double in weight after the first year. Otherwise, we're not smiling about that. Um, But then everyone has taken this kind of to the extreme to try to absolutely uh, minimize protein uh, down into areas where you're not going to be thriving or experiencing optimal uh, muscle repair or development. And so I, I love how the leaders here, people like Rob Wolf are coming to mind, um, Dr. Paul Saladino and others uh, explaining how uh, maintaining, preserving functional muscle mass throughout life is perhaps the um, ultimate anti-aging strategy, and of course, you need sufficient dietary protein to do so. And it's very, very difficult to overdose on dietary protein because it has extremely high satiety level. Um, we've been warned that the kidneys will be uh, over overtaxed and challenged when you're consuming excess protein to try to excrete uh, the waste products from uh, protein synthesis. And this has also been uh, been shown to be um, not not on target, not a major risk factor. Um, so your body's really good at um, consuming the protein, uh, putting it to good use, and excreting if necessary, or converting it into uh, glucose via gluconeogenesis as necessary, especially for people who are eating a low-carbohydrate diet. So really the takeaway point here is that we don't want unregulated cell growth, but we also want to uh, maintain, preserve lean muscle mass and feel alert, energetic and strong throughout the day without our hair falling out or getting um, these signs of deficiency and depletion. And so the ideal strategy appears to be uh, this feast or famine uh, type of experience, as uh, Dr. Art was the first one to kind of uh, promote this. And this was now, you know, maybe 20 years ago, he was talking about how our ancestral example, the Paleolithic example uh, of human evolution, was that we... Uh, had an uncertain pattern of food consumption, right? Uh, if we were able to take down the woolly mammoth, we would gorge on that beast. The whole clan would gorge for uh, whatever, a couple months straight. And then we might have a terrible, harsh, brutal winter uh, where we were uh, near starvation, making a lot of ketones, uh, tapping into our internal energy production uh capabilities and all that stuff was part of human life so we're very very good at adapting uh, but the ideal the optimal is to is to be in nitrogen balance is what it's called when you're getting sufficient protein So you're either going to be in nitrogen balance, you're going to be in an anabolic state that's in a muscle building state, or you're going to be in a catabolic state, which is a muscle breakdown state, for example, if you're not consuming enough dietary protein. And of course, the best sources of protein by far are from animal sources. They have the complete profile of amino acids that we need, and it's much more difficult to get your protein needs met if you're on a diet that restricts animal foods. So the idea here for longevity, maintain lean muscle mass throughout life is to eat uh, nutrient-dense foods, meals that are sufficient, or you could even call it a high-protein diet in comparison to people striving to minimize protein intake. And that is paired with times where you're fasting, uh, not consuming any calories, not turning on these agents such as mTOR and IGF-1, and allowing the body to just exist in nitrogen balance. Uh, Perhaps there's gonna be a little bit of catabolic state happening after extreme workouts or what have you, and then you rebuild and recover. So it's this feast or famine pattern where you do give your digestive system a rest. You are not activating these growth factors with calorie consumption. And then uh, when you're hungry, next, you sit down and enjoy a delicious meal. And that is the uh, centerpiece anti-aging strategy is getting enough protein in the diet and then uh, doing something to earn it uh, by pushing and challenging your muscles to uh, stimulate muscle growth, muscle maintenance. Okay, Stuart says, I travel weekly for my job, mostly by airplanes. Air travel can be stressful to the body and the lack of movement during these hours in the sky drives me crazy. Now, question. Should I be eating food during these flights or fasting? A great question. Thank you, Stuart. I think uh, airplane travel is an excellent opportunity to fast. Um, There's some great information out about this from Dr. McCullough. He talks about how sitting in the air cabin is stressful in many ways. So your fight or flight hormones are stimulated via the high amounts of radiation you're exposed to up in the high sky, the high amounts of electromagnetic exposure as you're enclosed in this metal cabin, and of course the stress of traveling through time zones with jet lag. So flying is a stressful experience to the human, and stressful experience, stressful situations, and consuming calories are never a good pair. Remember, the parasympathetic Uh, branch of the autonomic nervous system is nicknamed the rest and digest uh, pattern versus the fight-or-flight pattern of the sympathetic branch. When you're in fight-or-flight stimulation, you are liquidating your assets, says Dr. Tommy Wood. In other words, you are prepared for peak performance by putting all uh, routine body functions on hold on the back burner. That includes immune function, and that includes digestive function. So when you're stressed, not a great time to eat. We all know that. Uh, that you know, if we're coming in the door having a, a tough argument in the workplace, we don't really want to sit down to a nice candlelight dinner, right? We have to be in the mood and be relaxed and calm, and in a calm, quiet environments to really optimize our digestion and our enjoyment of meals. So in the airplane cabin, there's a lot of reasons uh, to use that as a fasting opportunity. Mark Sisson talks about this a lot, where he will routine routinely fast during his travel days. And so he basically won't eat much, get on the plane, fly to his destination, go to sleep, and then wake up on cue the next morning at the desired wake-up time in his new time zone and sit down for a delicious breakfast. And when you uh, sit down and eat in the morning, you turn on your digestive circadian rhythm, which is strongly aligned with your overall circadian rhythm. So it is an interesting and effective strategy. Uh, the research of Dr. Panda at UC San Diego and time-restricted feeding supports this as well, where when you sit down to eat a meal and turn on digestion you will also help yourself uh, wake up and uh, normalize uh, your morning feel alert and more energized because you are also turning on digestive function of course the same thing is true for exercise or turning on your muscles so the best strategy to adapt to a new time zone would be to wake up near sunrise in the new time zone no matter how difficult it is, get out there and get some direct exposure to sunlight. It doesn't have to be uh, bright, sunny. When I say sunlight, it could be an overcast day in Norway. But when you arrive there, you get up in the morning and you go for a walk outdoors, expose your eyeballs to direct light exposure, natural light exposure, and eat a meal. Uh, and so you get the best of both worlds here where you're helping yourself Uh, adapt to jet lag, and the travel day is less stressful because you're giving your digestive system a break. Now, am I full gangster level doing this on all my airplane flights? No, I pretty much um, like to enjoy a a snack here and there rather than completely fast. So I might have some 85% gourmet dark chocolate with me in my travel bag or something really light, maybe a spoonful of Brad's macadamia masterpiece, and it's there accessible in my carry-on Bag, but I'm not sitting there uh, tearing apart giant uh, bags of trail mix or uh, choosing to eat the processed food that they serve on airplanes or any of that. So it's a really great opportunity for fasting. Um, The airport food options are getting much, much better, I have to say, but it's still kind of, um, I wouldn't say optimal, but you can navigate your way through an airport and find some um, acceptable foods. Uh, But again, You know, when you pay 20 bucks for (laughs) a couple of uh, fish tacos or what have you, I'd rather wait and, you know, go to... Uh, a really a, a enjoyable quality restaurant at my new destination. So, if there's a way that you can manage to minimize caloric intake on travel days, I think that'll really help with not only jet lag but the overall stress impact of your traveling. And then, furthermore, uh, the overall dietary quality because you're getting uh, an opportunity to to eat in a superior manner away from uh, the airport offerings. Okay, so hopefully that sounds good for Stuart. And um, uh, on the same uh, on the same note, you want to hydrate optimally when you're in air travel because the cabin is extremely dehydrating. Not only is it a simulated altitude of around 7,500 feet. Maybe my fact checkers can help me if that's off. Uh, I, I believe that's the case for an air cabin, but it's also extremely uh, low humidity. So it's like being uh, in a really, really dry climate at 7,500 feet. Imagine some desert <laughs> that's uh, very high. And so uh, you get dehydrated very easily. Uh, I like seeing people traveling with an empty uh, stainless steel uh, drink container, and so they go through TSA and there's nothing in it, right? Or they drank it and dumped it out. And then you can refill once you get past security and have uh, 32 ounces at your disposal rather than uh, patiently waiting for a single pour uh, from the flight attendant on their busy schedule trying to serve everybody. So there you go. That is your jet travel uh, Q&A. On to the next. It's a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. Hey, this is going to be one of my favorite commercials because I get to introduce you to the delicious, nutritious, life-changing Brad's Macadamia Masterpiece. This is a mind-blowing nut butter blend that will soon ascend to your number one go-to snack, treat, or accoutrement for anything from dark chocolate, a cucumber-celery smear, or mixed in with yogurt, oatmeal, cheesecake, or with a spoon right into your mouth, heading south. Lemme, lemme, lemme tell you what I created in my kitchen through whirlwind experimentation, An extreme sampling to my VIP product testing crew across the nation so far with 100% approval. In this beautiful jar, we have macadamia nuts, walnuts, cashews, the rare and precious coconut butter, coconut flakes, cacao nibs, real ancient sea salt, and organic MCT oil. Every single ingredient has been sourced to origin to be the very best we could find from around the world for the absolute highest purity and nutritional value. We run this product in small batches with a boutique family business in the Pacific Northwest, and everything is cold-pressed to preserve nutritional value. So if you like eating healthy, it's a dream come true for all those who are keto, primal, paleo, and vegan vegetarian, too. I Come in peace, my global, healthy living friends. Masterpiece, that is. Try some now, and it will change your life. I promise. If you don't like it, send it back to me. I'll eat it. You can order Brad's Macadamia Masterpiece on Amazon, simple simple, or if you're bold, daring and adventurous, buy 3 and get a bottle free at bradventures.com. Buy 6 and we'll send you 8. Christmas shopping early instead of late at bradventures.com. Check it out, Brad's Macadamia Masterpiece. Uh. This is from Billy Vogan. Thanks for your podcast, be rad. Uh I wonder what your thoughts are on signing up for an ultra marathon run. However, I plan to walk or hike most of the way. I'm not chasing a goal time. I'm just making sure the sweepers don't catch me. I can acknowledge uh, when you talk about how marathons are so brutal because you're pushing your body hard and you're training for uh, so many hours. I'm just ad-libbing here. Um, but he says I can see why marathons are more brutal. And, and it's also the the trail ultras where people are really pushing for a good time. It's difficult to swallow my pride and not watch the clock but I wanna just uh, do this in a healthy manner. So I absolutely agree that you're on the right uh, wavelength here. And if you're going to do extreme endurance efforts, when you perform those at a entirely aerobic heart rate, it is vastly less stressful for the body. And it has an assortment of health benefits. Uh, I may have talked a bit on the show and you've seen on my Instagram, my post about doing the epic cactus to clouds hike in Palm Springs uh, last October, with my friends John and Philip. We had a fantastic time. We left at 3.30 in the morning and we ascended the single most difficult hiking trail in the United States as rated by elevation gain. It climbs up 8,400 feet in the first nine and a half miles. And the total hike is a 22 mile hike where you leave super early like we did and then get finished just before dark at 4.30 p.m. But we went at a very, very comfortable, fat burning pace the entire day. So it was completely enjoyable. There wasn't that fatigue or or feeling fried or or, or starving or broken down, uh, like as often happens when you're uh, pushing yourself and and going at a a tempo pace for an hour and a half or two hours and 15 minutes or things that are really uh, causing that stress hormone to flood the bloodstream and then stay there for a prolonged period of time. So that's kind of the cutoff point here, people, is a a desirable fight-or-flight response from a workout is great. So when you go, for, uh, you go over to the track, you warm up, you do your drills, you do your sprint workout, and the whole thing's over with in 30 minutes, 40 minutes, counting the up, cool down, all that stuff. But the hard work, the real stress hormone spike only happens for a handful of minutes, and then you recalibrate back to homeostasis. And so you get this optimal, this desirable hormetic stressor that's a stressor that has a net positive benefit. Our body loves that stuff. We love getting into the sauna for 15 minutes and sweating profusely and then getting out and then recalibrating back to homeostasis. we love jumping into uh, the cold water uh, whether it's the river uh, cold pool in the winter time uh, my my chest freezer filled with thirty eight degree water but I'm not in there for twenty seven minutes and then pulled out by the paramedics i'm going in for an optimally brief fight or flight experience. The same goes for the workouts. So um uh, Dr. Andrew Huberman on the Huberman Lab talks about an hour and 15 minutes, I believe was his cutoff, and anything longer than that is going to be really challenging to your long-term health endocrine immune function because the fight or flight hormones are in there for too long. So if you're going to do endurance efforts, you want to do them at a comfortable pace. And then oh my gosh, you're getting a whole bunch of fresh air. Your heart and lungs are working. You're building your muscles. Uh, you're enjoying nature. Hopefully you're disconnecting instead of uh, seeing if there's cell reception to to push out texts during your day that you should be hiking and enjoying nature. Uh, but that is entirely different than pushing yourself and focusing and concentrating and trying to hang on uh, with a crazy pace or a semi-crazy pace for an hour and a half, two hours, three hours, five hours. And oh my gosh, I point you to Um, some of those uh, articles that I've mentioned before, like uh, one of them is called One Running Shoe in the Grave. One of them is called Running on Empty. These were published in publications like Outside Magazine, The Wall Street Journal. uh, And there's a lot of uh, commentary about how these extreme ultra-endurance athletes who were breaking records on the world stage and then suddenly disappeared from sight, uh, victims of extreme burnout from this excess endurance exercise hypothesis. It's an actual medical and scientific area of study, the excess endurance exercise hypothesis, where we're now compiling data showing how these extreme efforts are really, really bad for the heart. They put your heart at risk of atrial fibrillation. They're bad for the endocrine system. They suppress your sex hormones. It's just a bad deal. So the cutoff point is that wonderful heart rate limit of 180 minus your age in beats per minute, So we're gonna do a quick calculation here. The host of the show is 57, right? So that would put me at 123 beats per minute. And if I head out the door and trot down the road for an endurance cardiovascular training session, and I'm looking at my heart rate monitor, uh, 123 is quite a comfortable pace, and I'm sure you will find the same whatever your age and whatever your fitness level. So when we're in that predominantly fat burning state, It's uh, nourishing, it's energizing for the body, has all kinds of uh, fat-burning, hormonal, health-boosting benefits. And then when you start to drift above that number and you do it on a routine basis because you go to the boot camp class in the morning or you go to the spin class at the gym and they push you and get you that, uh, that... instant gratification, uh, that flood of endorphin, pain-killing hormones in the bloodstream after you've done an extreme fight or flight workout, um, you get that instant gratification, but you've uh, inappropriately prompted the fight or flight response for too prolonged of a period. So keep those tough workouts well under an hour and keep the aerobic workouts, the long workouts at that uh, 180 minus age or beats, in beats per minute or below. All right, Billy. Thanks a lot for writing in and good luck in your ultra that you're going to walk and hike most of the way. Love it. Hey, Brad from Dr. Ewan. Um, thanks for taking my question, uh, long ago. I was the guy who asked about doing a, uh, a fast mile at the end of a sprint workout. And you said it was okay. Go out there and push yourself once in a while, get a breakthrough effort. And then of course, ample rest and recovery afterward. So yeah, keep it up. And I, I do want all of us to, um, Kind of uh, broaden our perspective here and use our intuition as much as possible when it comes to designing the optimal training schedule so we're taking in all kinds of information um, from places like this podcast other podcasts books magazine articles internet articles uh, other athletes but we have to sort it out and uh, sift through like with one of those flower sifters and see what works specifically for us so if you have a workout pattern that uh, seems to be uh, really satisfying really enjoyable and you're uh, performing well, you're recovering, um, that's something to lock into. And then if you're frustrated and you you continue to uh, struggle, you're overdoing it, you're not dropping excess body fat as you uh, intended, then we have to take a look at some of these recurring patterns that are so common, such as the inappropriate prolonged stimulation of the fight-or-flight response. Okay, um, Kevin Ozen, old-time fireman, and triathlete in Sacramento. I met this guy when he was a college student. We trained together. We pushed each other in the pool back when I was racing as a pro and was trying to find a, a swimming pool where they would let me in and work out with a team. So um, we go way back. And um, it's good to hear from him. He's uh, on a nice new... Uh, Path as a retired firefighter. Congratulations on getting to that finish line. And now he's looking for more challenges ahead. Isn't that great? I mean, come on. Um, Whether you're retired listening to the show or not retired, dreaming of retirement, wondering what you're going to do, I think here's a plug for, you know, maintaining that passion for peak performance throughout life. And so when you transition out of an intense career, oh my gosh, uh, the idea of sitting at home and um, uh, watching uh, a streaming programming, I would imagine that would get old after about 30, 60, 90 days, whatever. And then you got to wake up and go, gee, what am I going to do uh, with the rest of my life? And so this glorification of retirement, I love how Tim Ferriss talked about that in his book, Um, the four hour work week. Um, I love how my father continued to practice medicine until the age of 95 and he uh, died at 97. So most of his life, he was working very happily, reading the medical journals that came uh, in the mailbox. So he's continuing to be up on the latest surgical techniques and also taking golf lessons until he was 95. And all those things uh, kept him doing his own gardening in the backyard, digging a new hole for a new cactus plant. All those things are what make uh, life rich and meaningful. And the, even the idea, the mere idea of sitting around and cashing in your chips, oh my gosh, it seems uh, unhealthy on the surface of it. So this is a great note to get from Kevin Ozen, going straight into uh, a more uh, devoted uh, commitment to the racing scene now that he has more free time. Um, I'm trying to uh, um, figure out, how to get back into some long-distance triathloning? You helped me with uh, my training for the Ironman in 1999. That was a long time ago, man. You're going to be going a lot slower. I'm going to tell you that before I even finish the question. Uh, But what do you think I should do? I know I can uh, get the swim and the bike right, because he has all that experience. Um, But with running, um, you know, I don't want to overdo it. Okay, I don't want to pound the crap of my body. Excuse me, I should quote him rather than uh, paraphrase. So, should I run long once a week, maybe every few weeks, a couple of short runs during the week, maybe some speed work, any help would be appreciated. I want to discuss the incredible benefits of red light therapy and how you can get started with Mito Red Light. Mito, like mitochondria, red light makes the premier light therapy devices in the world and at incredibly affordable prices. I stand in front of my Mito Pro 1500 unit every morning, Carefully exposing my eyeballs, other important balls, and my entire body to special wavelengths of red and near infrared light. When I tell people about my daily devotion to red light therapy, they typically ask, Does this stuff really work? And the answer is yes. And there are thousands of studies supporting its effectiveness. Here's how it's called photobiomodulation And a special five percent discount for B Rad Podcast listeners. Just visit mitoredlight M I T O red light dot com and use the code Brad on any of their products. Go for it today and get started on your red light journey. I'm so excited to introduce you to Peluva. This is a new please visit paluva.com that's p-e-l-u-v-a and use the code brad podcast and get 10 percent off your first pair paluvas let your feet be feet so when i'm speaking directly to someone with an extreme endurance goal such as a half Ironman or Iron distance triathlon, you're going to get the most bang for your buck, the most return on investment when you uh, develop that aerobic system with over distance workouts at a comfortable heart rate. Uh, So the idea of uh, amateur recreational level triathletes going at a recreational pace, the idea of them heading out to the running track and pushing themselves with a circuit of, of six times 400 meters or doing sets of 800 meters and thinking that this is gonna make a meaningful contribution to their performance. Uh, I'm gonna challenge that a bit because, for the most part, you're going too slow to really benefit from that type of anaerobic stimulation. Now, the guy's on the Olympic team, he watched the Olympic triathlon on TV, and the guy from Norway, Blumenfeld, running a 29-minute 10K in the steamy heat of Tokyo, Japan. Oh, my gosh. I mean, these guys are speed freaks as well as being endurance machines. So that's a whole other category of athlete that's going to be training Uh, multiple different energy systems and somehow able to absorb and adapt and benefit from those kind of workouts but for the recreational athlete i want to see you getting stronger and more resilient with that comfortably paced two-hour run and kevin was asking for sort of a some input on the scheduling and that's going to be a highly individual uh, strategy here but yes indeed you want to go over distance on a regular basis when you feel alert, energized, motivated, your muscles feel good. You don't have the aches and pains, or stiffness, or tightness. So you head out the door feeling great. And those are the days when you're going to push your body uh, with a, a long distance workout. Uh, if you're feeling, you know, halfway there, that's the time to uh, just jog around the neighborhood, jog around the block. Now these uh, very comfortably paced, shorter uh, runs, or whatever your workout. Uh, desired workout is, they make a great contribution to your ability to perform on those days when it's time to go long. So the idea that you're not running uh, very much at all and then you're going out for a two-hour run every weekend, that's going to be a difficult way to absorb and benefit from those workouts. So we want to emphasize these nice gentle sessions where perhaps you're just jogging around the neighborhood for 20 minutes with your dog, uh, you're waking up and maybe you have a busy day so you're going to take a 10 minute very slow jog around the neighborhood and you're just going to accumulate some time on your feet and you're going to be training those aerobic energy producing uh, enzymes and muscle fibers to fire when it's time to go for two hours. So that's why the elite athletes in every single endurance sport for the past 60, 65 years since Arthur Lydiard first started in New Zealand, training his runners and winning Olympic gold medals. That's why all of them put in this extensive amount of base training at a very comfortable heart rate. It's to enable them to perform uh, when it's time to do the epic workouts. Uh, Kevin continuing with some comments on the show. Thanks man. He says some of my favorite guests, Dr. Kate Shanahan, Dr. Robert Lustig, Dr. Peter Atiyah. Very interesting. I would take notes. I also listen in the car most of the time. So, um, my notes aren't that great. I really enjoy listening to John Gray. Whenever my, my wife starts handing it to me, I remember to be the Kung Fu master and stay cool, calm, and collected and just receive that feedback. Don't take it personally. Good stuff. Um, and, uh, There you go. So uh, a long-time listener, appreciate it very much. Good luck with your future endurance goals. Next, coming in from Toronto, Canada. I'm 44 years old. I play competitive tennis in the over 40 age group. Awesome. Keep it up. At my best, I've won a national level tournament. I've had issues in my soleus. That is one of the two most prominent calf muscles. The gastrocnemius is the one that uh, sticks out like a ball high up on the, on the lower leg. And the soleus uh, extends on the side of the leg down into the Achilles tendon. And he sent me a picture of this uh, goofy, uh, swollen uh, area at the bottom of his soleus near the Achilles tendon. Um, I've been dealing with this for almost 20 years. I think the root cause was from jogging. A sports medicine doctor said, I have a one-third tear in my soleus. We tried to treat it with PRP injections. That stands for platelet-rich plasma. It's a, uh, advanced healing strategy for people with uh, nagging joint and soft tissue injuries. As soon as I go back to tennis, the pain and swelling persists. I'm stretching my calf for four minutes like you suggested for plantar fasciitis. I'm wearing zero shoes, the Z-E-R-O, those wonderful shoes. I had uh, the founder, Stephen Sashin on the podcast talking about the benefits of minimalist shoe experience. Uh, And so uh, the the listener is trying to build strength in the area. Do you have any suggestions for treatments that could turn the tide? Oh my gosh. I mean, a 20 year long injury. And if you could see the photo, uh, there's a nice prominent bump on the back of his foot, uh, just above the heel. So we got some scar tissue, we got some issues there. And one thing that I'm uh, really fond of and I recommend a lot is the Voodoo Floss treatment as recommended by Dr. Kelly Starrett. And so you can go on YouTube, we'll put a link in the show notes for Voodoo Floss Soleus or Voodoo Floss Achilles and you can learn how to do it from Dr. Kelly. Look for the, the videos featuring him. And basically it's uh, wrapping up the joint area, uh, the muscle on the joint in that area with a really, really tight wrap of a rubber strap. And you can vi- buy these Voodoo Floss straps on Amazon uh, specifically for this purpose and you wrap it up wrap it up Uh, it's very uncomfortable it's cutting off the circulation so you can't keep it on there for longer than a minute or two but while the wrap is on you work the joint through the range of motion aggressively and what you're getting is this blood flow restriction that will cause a rebound effect as soon as you take the uh, the tourniquet so to speak off you will get a rush of blood oxygen and that will uh, promote the healing effect and also lubricate uh, the joint improve the synovial fluid function, improve the improve the lymphatic function, and just basically uh, boost the circulation and the functionality of the joint uh, by challenging it with this voodoo floss strategy. So this is just one component of a comprehensive. Uh, new mindset or new philosophy about healing, where I think we've erred on the side of resting it, uh, taking prescription medication to reduce inflammation, and uh, looking at the clock, looking at the calendar, and then stepping right out into the battlefield, the court, the field, the road, and uh, hoping, crossing our fingers, that we don't get these recurring injuries. But we know uh, that uh, simple rest, of course, it's warranted at times when you're in the acute stages of injury, but for the most part, um, you got to get up, you got to move around, you got to work through or excuse me, work around the pain and discomfort of an injury. So anything that you, c- you can do that doesn't further traumatize the injured area uh, that works around that is going to help with your healing. Uh, I've talked about my um, knee injury that I had for six months a couple years ago. I couldn't sprint. I couldn't jump. Um, but I finally learned from great physical therapy that I had to aggressively strengthen the muscles in that area, um, remove the, um, the, the cause of the referred pain that was down near my knee joint, although nothing at all was wrong with my knee joint. So that was the real eye-opener when I saw physical therapists, Rod Shorey in Los Angeles, Jason Callen in Lake Tahoe, and they said, there's nothing at all wrong with your knee. Your knee's fine. But how come it hurts every day, every time I try to sprint or jump? Well, it's because I had extremely tight dysfunctional muscles in the quadriceps area and the piriformis. And so that tightness, every time I tried to go out there and perform and do something, a a semblance of my previous uh, workout load, I would get this aching area near the knee joint. So of course, I thought it was a knee problem. So we have to in envision this comprehensive, rebuilding, strengthening strategy to avoid recurring injuries. Um, I'm glad to have that, um, that video on YouTube. I I believe it's titled Two Stretches to Heal Plantar Fasciitis," and it done gone viral with hundreds of thousands of views, where I talk about these prolonged stretches that helped heal my plantar fasciitis. My 15-year case of plantar fasciitis was healed in a week or two, as promised by the uh, random doctor, I forgot his name, who uh, taught me to hold these stretches for a prolonged period of time. So clearly, I needed to stretch and lengthen the gastroc and the soleus muscles to take the uh, the load off of the arch where all the pain was every time I uh, ran or did anything for 15 years. Uh, but also if I were to add to that video today, add to the instructions, you want to do comprehensive stretching and also strengthening. So right now as I battle a minor coming and going Achilles condition that happens when I do my crazy high jump workouts, uh, I do the lowering and raising Off of a stair, off of a curb, elevated surface, and so I hold the high position. I hold the low position. The high position is a calf raise, right? So I'm contracting my calf muscles and strengthening them accordingly, and then lowering down. And I now do one foot at a time. I've built up the strength to do so. So I have that eccentric lowering, one leg at a time, taking the entire load of my body weight, and then I hold the bottom position. So it's an excellent stretch for both muscles and the Achilles tendon. So it's the stretching and strengthening of calf. raises, and calf lowerings that will help uh, heal, and not only heal, but uh, make the area more resilient against future setbacks. So um, you got a long condition there, but uh, keep the hope up because when you get into the right exercises, and of course, something this serious and this prolonged would definitely warrant a visit to a sports-minded physical therapist. And I put that clause in there because let me tell you people, not all physical therapy is created equal. It's a wonderful profession. It's such a great compliment to orthopedics where, hey, you need knee surgery, you crashed out of the ski gate uh, in the Olympics and your knee's torn up, Uh, that's fine. But generally speaking, uh, for most people, the soft tissue, the dysfunction it can be best addressed by physical therapy, stretching, strengthening, getting uh, prescriptive exercises that you go home and, and perform, okay? Uh, but there's a, a, a range of, I believe, uh, philosophies or approach where uh, on one end, the very best are super hands-on, Um, they're athletic and performance-minded. You might see the athletic population on the staff, and that would give you a clue you're in the right place. And on the other hand, I feel like um, I've had care that was absolutely pathetic, where they didn't know what to do with me. They thought I was a healthy specimen. They did a bunch of routine, uh, simple assessments, and I I performed them all very easily. It was absolutely a joke, like, can you touch your toes? Uh, Yeah, I can touch my toes. (laughs) I can also, um, you know, balance a quarter on my palm. So what what's the point uh, but anyway um there was not a lot of um progressive Uh, mindset there to get me back in performing. It was more like, hey, here's this magic wand. I'm going to wave it over your knee for five minutes and you can go. And then I remember getting the bill for $244 for this visit that lasted 20 or 30 minutes of a lame bogus assessment and waving the magic wand of red light over my joint. Um, So I had some great phone calls with uh, the billing and the management of that healthcare uh, program. (laughs) And then I went um, down the street and found the incredible PT in Lake Tahoe and Woodland Hills Physical Therapy in Los Angeles, where they are all over you, digging in deep, Rod Shorey going in there with the fists, the palms, whatever is necessary to unlock those muscles, re-educate them. And so, yeah, find someone who really, really is on board with getting you back out there performing. And that's my uh, plug for uh, physical therapists everywhere. (laughs) That's enough for one show. What do you think, everybody? Uh, Please share, connect, be part of the conversation, send an email to podcast at bradventures.com. We answer everything. We so much appreciate your support. Uh, you know, we get statistics for podcast listenership. It's been growing wonderfully and we're rising up. We're tiptoeing toward the magical uh, top 40 ranking on Apple Podcasts for the fitness category. And once we get in there, uh, then the show is revealed to everyone who's browsing for new shows on Apple Podcasts. So it's a great breakthrough, but we have to stay there week after week. So if you can do a little part, if you enjoy the show, um, it would be so nice of you to share it with someone else. Send them a text. You can, um, text an audio excerpt on certain podcast players like Overcast. Uh, probably everybody can do that now where you, uh, you know, record for one minute, push a couple buttons and boom, here's a text to your friend. Like, Hey, listen to what this guy's saying about physical therapists. We're going to raid his house. We don't like it. (laughs) Or, Hey, that's pretty awesome. Okay. So anyway, spread the word. We appreciate it. Leaving a review is a great way to spread the word because it gets more attention to the show. So if you can take a few minutes to do that and then. Send us a paste, an excerpt, a screenshot of the review that you left, and you enter a drawing for a free jar of Brad's Macadamia Masterpiece Ship right to your door. Pretty simple. And uh, it's not like one out of a thousand like most contests. We'll send a bunch of them out because we really appreciate you doing it. So you're very likely to win. All you got to do is email podcast at bradventures.com and say, hey, I left the following review on Apple Podcasts, on Overcast, whatever I'm listening to, and you are golden. <sighs> da 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 Talk to you next time. Hey, listeners, you've probably heard of Paleo Valley, the major player in the sustainable, carefully sourced, mindfully crafted, nutrient-rich, ancestral-inspired health products. And I want to talk to you about Paleo Valley Beef Sticks, an incredibly clever, healthy, and tasty protein snack on the go these single serving beef sticks are something you can grab and travel with super conveniently and it's the only beef stick i've ever had in my life that actually tastes good i'm just not a big fan right of the gas station stuff but this stuff is absolutely the highest quality from 100 percent grass-fed and grassed finish sourced from small domestic farms in the united states even the spices are completely real and organic unlike all the flavorings that's added to your typical commercial product in this category the paleo valley bee sticks are also fermented with great care to give you probiotic benefits as well as temperature stability it's a nutritional powerhouse with omega-3s glutathione conjugated linoleic acid cla and highly bioavailable protein You can indeed trust Paleo Valley as an accessible family company with a total commitment across all products to the absolute highest quality standards, the best raw materials, no cutting corners, conscientious processing and manufacturing, and a passion for not only health, but environmental restoration and animal welfare. Please go over and visit paleovalley.com. Try some beef sticks, try all the other cool stuff that they offer that you might like, and enjoy a fabulous discount as a podcast listener. 15% off your order forever. The code is B-R-A-D 15, paleovalley.com. Use that code, Brad 15.